welcome back to my corner of the internet. You are lovely, wonderful, 10 out of 10, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome back to Coffee with Shay, and I am so glad if you are just now listening. I am so glad if you're a longtime supporter. I am so glad if you just joined in within the last couple of episodes. I'm so glad that you're on my corner of the internet, and I'm so glad that I get to be in your ears, talking out loud, and having a great time with my besties, because everyone who supports me and everyone who listens is my besties. Now, there are some Hailey Biebers out there, okay? So if you haven't been in on this Hailey Bieber and Team Selena drama, because I'm Team Selena, if you haven't been in on this drama, Hailey Bieber is a mean girl, and I have some Hailey Biebers in my life right now who are being some mean meanies. And I just want to say that some of my, oh, that was my Siri. Anyways, I just want to say that uh, if you are a mean person and you are being mean about my podcast, especially within the last couple episodes, I did have some backlash where I talked about my experiences and things that I have experienced. If you are a mental health advocate and you are a person who advocates for other people, you call yourself a good person, you're not allowed to invalidate other people's experiences. And I know that it's really easy to do that when you yourself haven't experienced something, but if you yourself haven't experienced something, it's not okay to invalidate other people's experiences. And I know that it's, it's, it's seriously so easy to just write off people as like, they're being crazy, they're being extra, they're being dramatic, and it's, it's really easy to just say like those kinds of things about people. However, if you really genuinely call yourself a good person or an advocate for other people and not a mean person, you're not allowed to invalidate other people's experiences. And I knew that I would be faced with a little bit of backlash uh, with some of my content that I am creating just genuinely because I'm finally speaking on an experience that happened to me that was really negative and caused me for seven months to be in a downward spiral of constantly questioning whether I want to be alive or not. And I know that sounds really dramatic because it was a work experience that caused me that, but you don't understand when you spend 40 plus hours because you spend more than 40 hours at a position, you can have bad mental health because you spend so many hours at a job, a position, whatever it is, you spend so many hours there, it can really deteriorate your mental health. And there was a point in my mental health where I was like, I really don't want to be here anymore. And I was really contemplating, you know, do I genuinely want to be here anymore because I can't continue living in this really negative space. And it really put me into bad negative space, this experience. And I have been met with some backlash based off of my personal experience where people have felt that they needed to talk about it and it's very frustrating to me because I don't I'm not a mean person I genuinely do try to be a good person and I you know even if I have mean thoughts or you know my first initial thought is really mean because you know that's how you were raised or that's what you know and I care more about the second thought, which should be more positive. And I know I'm just kind of rambling right now, but 
don't be a Hailey Bieber, like don't be a mean person, don't invalidate other people's experiences just because you yourself have not lived through that experience. And I know it's really easy to just write off people as being dramatic, but people have their truth and they're allowed to speak on their truth and they're allowed to speak on their experiences. So just remember that when you go to invalidate someone's experience and you decide to be a mean person, um, that you're not being a good person because invalidating other people's experiences, emotions, and stuff like that, that's not a good person. That's not someone I want to be around. And I am so glad that I don't and I am not around mean people and I don't in my inner circle have anyone who is mean and I'm going to continue keeping it that way. I'm going to continue keeping the support of people and weeding out the Haley Beavers in my life. So just remember that it is not okay to invalidate people's experiences at the end of the day. I did notice that my show on Apple Podcast had a one-star rating and I genuinely could point out probably who this person is. Um, I, I am so sad by the fact that they have decided to do that and it's very frustrating. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, focus in on that negative one star review. I'm going to focus in on the 20 plus five star reviews that I've gotten from Apple Podcasts and Spotify and even reviews on my show on Spotify. And if you genuinely do enjoy this podcast, please write a review. I, I want to see that people enjoy this show. I want to see the support. I love that people are listening. Um, I love that I get this platform and I get the opportunity to speak to people. And I love that I have the opportunity to be a voice of reason in some people's lives. And so for me, it's really important to have those positive reviews because they always negate out and, um, push out those negative reviews. So if you do love me and you do appreciate me and you do support me, please write a review. Please rate the show um, on Apple Podcasts. It's very important and I love it. Okay, had to give that little forewarning because I just feel like I've had some Hailey Beavers in my life and uh, we are not doing that. We are Team Selena all day long. Uh, Selena has chosen to rise above the hate and I'm going to do the same thing as rise above the hate. Uh, Of course, I'm going to speak on the hate because I'm not going to allow people to drag my name through the mud, but I am going to continue to rise above the hate and keep going because one negative review or a couple people sitting around gabbing around gabbing about my podcast has nothing to do with genuinely who I am as a person especially when they don't know who I am as a person uh people think that they know people but they really don't and so when they're talking about them they're just talking about a skewed view of how they view the person and they're not really talking about who that person is as, as a whole because you don't genuinely know people as a whole Uh, This goes into like that parasocial relationships idea. This goes into like just genuine ideas of like we think that we know people from a skewed view, but we really do not know people because we have a skewed view of, of people because it's limited by our experiences, our values, our, our view is very limited based off of like, you know, our fundamentals are very skewed on how we view other people. So don't be Haley Bieber, be Team Selena, 
be Selena, rise above the hate. I understand being a mean person is, it's, it's not going to get you very far in life. Um, it will cause you to be a lot less, um, it will cause you to be more alone, you know, honestly. Because uh, people don't like mean people. Like, it's 2023, let's quit being a bitch, genuinely. Um, let's quit being mean people. Uh, so, I'm gonna rise above the hate hater shades on, hater blockers on, okay? I don't see you anymore. Um, so let's get into some things about me, like what is going on in my life, what's up. I love this one podcast and it's like Mood by Lauren Elizabeth, I think is her name. And she does like worst mood, best mood. And I genuinely like to talk about the things that I'm grateful for. So what am I recently grateful for? What are some things that are kind of like going on in my life? That kind of stuff is what I'm going to talk about today. So not worst mood, best mood, but more of like, what am I grateful for? And what are some things that could be improved in my life? So things that I am grateful for is having a loving partner. I am very, very grateful for having a partner who loves me, cherishes me, and chooses to see me as an equal. Um, that is something that has been worked on and something that we're continuing to work on uh, in relationships. You're always building, you're always growing, you're always trying to be better for each other, better for yourself at the end of the day. And so I'm really thankful for that. I am grateful for therapy. I've been doing really good in therapy, working through some of my issues that have been going on uh, because I have like, I've had literally the best like five, six weeks. I've been at my job now for about six weeks, coming up on six weeks, and I absolutely love my job. And I have nothing to complain about. I spend 40 hours doing something that I love. I get to be home. I get to be with my family. I get to be with my partner, my dog. I get to be in my safe space. I genuinely have had like so much to be grateful for and so much to be happy about that in therapy we needed to work on like more of the deeper issues. So some of the things that we've been really working on are like mother issues friendship issues and all of those kinds of things we've been working on and trying to focus are, um, I, I don't know what the word is, um, just focus on are like some more deep-rooted issues and it's been really working and I feel like we've been getting to a lot of like my hatred, not really hatred, but like when you grow up in a traumatic environment, you grow a certain opinion and you grow a certain viewpoint of other people who abused you. And so my abusers, I have been trying to work on how I view those people and how it affects me and all of those things. And so that's been something I'm really grateful for is like working on my relationship with those abusers. And how I view them and what my opinion is of them and and how I don't let it affect me and stuff like that uh which is not to say for everyone like if it if it affects you which a lot of things still affect me that's okay um one day you'll get to a phase and a stage in your life where it doesn't hurt as much and that's kind of where I'm at we've been working on the grief journey all of those things so I'm grateful for therapy I am grateful for a beautiful, loving dog who 
is just the light of my life. She just turned four. So we celebrated her four years of life and we took her on a drive, got her a pup cup, her favorite thing in the world, which is driving in a pup cup. And she just got to be celebrated all day long and loved on all day long. I am grateful for having a job that I love. And so I, I did talk about this just like a couple seconds ago where it's going on six weeks of being in a job that I am passionate about, that I'm in love with. I love that my job gives me flexibility and the ability to be uh, more myself and have more autonomy. Uh, my job is very hands-off, so or like m like employers are like more hands-off. It is remote, so it's more hands-off and it's more autonomy for myself. And I genuinely enjoy the people that I work with. I enjoy my supervisor, all of those things. Like I genuinely enjoy where I'm at in life and I'm so grateful for the fact that I get to be in this position and get to be with these people. And it's just been great. And I can't speak more on that because this podcast is not centered around that, but um, that's just kind of things that I'm grateful for. Other things I'm grateful for is my walking pad. I have been walking, averaging about three to four miles every single day. And that's been really exciting because I have this cute, 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 cute pink pad, pink pad, uh, pink walking pad. And it is so adorable. I just, I love it so much, but it's pink and I just do some admin work. I take calls, meetings while I'm on my walking pad. I just move my desk up because I have a Sadie desk from Costco and the walking pad is from Amazon, but I bought a second hand from a person on Facebook marketplace and my walking pad was a little expensive and so was my desk. So I'm not going to recommend either one of them. I'd recommend the walking pad if you're looking for something like a treadmill, uh, but I would recommend a cheaper standing desk. I just got it from Costco because it was convenient and that was exactly what I wanted was the Costco standing desk. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. I am grateful for all of the new clothes that I have bought and the new wardrobe that I've been curating and having the ability to uh, curate a wardrobe that makes me happy, makes me feel comfortable in my body. I felt more comfortable in my body than I have ever. I am grateful for affirmations and doing affirmations every day and those have been really helping me. I'm very grateful for my body and everything that it does for me and all the, the love that I've been giving it lately. And I'm very grateful for finding clothes that fit me and make me feel confident in my body and make me feel happy because before I was wearing clothes that didn't fit my style. They, and you're thinking like, okay, but you bought them. And it's like not all the clothes that I buy, I just kind of bought out of convenience. I needed to buy clothes that fit my body so they weren't very stylish and now I'm at the point where my clothes are very stylish and they fit my body uh, so that's been one area of life that's been growing is like my closet I got rid of like seven trash bags full of clothes um, I donated them and then two of my friends went through the clothes and I gave them clothes too uh, just because you should always want to give back to others and that's what I wanted to do was donate all those clothes, give back to people. Um, and they were all really good clothes, good condition, all of that stuff. So I'm grateful that other people are going to get use out of those clothes. And I look forward 
to uh, seeing those clothes I have already on friends and I love it. I love that they are happy and those clothes make them happy and they make them feel comfortable and that's great. I've just been looking for clothes that better fit my style and where I'm at right now in my life and trying to figure out what my style is. I know that black clothes are always a staple in my closet but I've been adding like more color like pink and green and um, neutrals aren't always the clothes that I wear which is weird because I love neutrals and I usually buy neutrals but here lately I've been like buying pink I've been buying like greens I've been buying clothes that are like stylish in with the style now but also like curating a more capsule wardrobe because uh, that's kind of the point I've been doing a lot of OOTDs on TikTok. I'm very grateful for TikTok, very grateful for um, my ability to film videos and curate a very positive corner of my of the internet. I'm so grateful for all the besties that I've made and stuff like that. So I don't have a lot that's been like going necessarily wrong in my life because there really isn't anything going wrong in my life. I just have things like I've been working on and dealing with and therapy, outside of therapy, and just continuing to try to be a better person every single day because that's the goal, is to try to be a better person every single day and to grow as a person and to uh, push myself to be better and to also just be happy where I'm at. So yes, I'm trying to be a better person, but at the same time, I'm also happy with where I'm at and I, I'm enjoying this progress, I'm enjoying this process, I'm enjoying where I'm at, but also understanding that, you know, I can always do some certain things better because they're things that I was raised with uh, that I no longer believe in, values, fundamentals that I was raised with that I don't believe in, and so rewiring my brain to no longer deal with those fundamentals, no longer make those a part of my life it has been interesting and trying to grow to be a better person and move past those fundamentals has been really important. But I haven't had a lot of really, like nothing's really gone wrong. Like I live a pretty peaceful, happy life. There's really like no drama in my life anymore. I don't have to deal with anything like that. And it's been great. Um, I have a couple Haley Beavers in my life, but they're going to remain in the corner hating me instead of being out loud and telling me. They're going to to be in the corner talking about me instead of talking to me and that's okay. They can talk about me all they want. Until they talk to me, is it a real problem? So yeah, that's, that's all I have for the update. Uh, when this releases, it'll be my partner's birthday and he is very low-key guy and he asked to just go to like Texas Roadhouse I got him some cupcakes I stopped to buy him a present uh, stuff like that just been kind of dealing with like getting stuff ready for him and trying to give him a good birthday even if he's a low-key guy I just want to make sure he has a good birthday everyone should you know be celebrated and loved on their birthday and so I just want to make sure that he has a good day and we're still planning on moving in May we just haven't found an apartment yet and that's been kind of like pressing concern for me so just dealing with trying to find an apartment that fits in the budget that has all the things that we want all yada yada so yeah well, that is really it. So I'm going to pause for a brief ad and then we're going to get into this episode, okay?
welcome back and thank you for listening to that brief ad. Just remember that every time you listen to my podcast, you just put like a couple cents in my pocket. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Genuinely, I don't make much off of this podcast. I think I totally make like $8 off the podcast and that's not really why I created the podcast anyways. Uh, So let's get into today's topic. Um, Today's topic is interesting because this is going to come from my perspective and how I feel about the situation and how I feel about being an adult and having friendships as an adult. And Nina Armani, my perspective also comes from someone who was in a relationship. And so adult friendships look a little bit differently compared to when you're in a relationship and when you are not in a relationship. And so I'm kind of going to give both perspectives of like the adult friendships I had while I was out of relationships and then the adult friendships I've had while in relationships and kind of like the difference and what those kind of look like. But adult friendships at the end of the day can be very challenging. They can also be very rewarding. And I think the ones that are very rewarding to me are the adult friendships that I've had for years and years that have withstood teenage years, college years, adult years, or college years and then adult years. And those people who like grow with you, I feel like those are some of the most rewarding friendships that can honestly come and exist. And for me, I do have a few of those friendships where we met in high school, went to college, and then we're still friends in adulthood. I have just a couple of those friendships. I don't honestly have a lot. It doesn't mean that I'm not on good terms with the people that I went to high school with because I am on good terms with a lot of the people that I went to high school with that I was friends with in high school. But life got more challenging when I chose to move three hours away. Sorry, I'm like adjusting myself in my chair. But life was challenging when I decided to move three hours away. So let's little backtrack into like high school friendships. So high school friendships, no matter if you're in a relationship or not, are just special relationships. And the reason I say that is because they see you during a a very pivotal time of your life. I think that high school relationships and um, college relationships are are literally such vital relationships and friend like sorry I meant to say like friendships but are such vital friendships that you can have and the reason I say that is because they see you at such a pivotal time in your life and high school friendships see you in a whole different light and the reason that I say they see you in a whole different light is because they see you literally go from being 14 to 18 and if you didn't think about that now think about it okay they saw you from 14 they see you till 18 that is four years of really big pivotal change so we have 15 16 17 18 so we're talking from just now becoming a teenager to considered a legal adult and i had such beautiful and wonderful friendships in high school And I had such beautiful relationships with such 
beautiful people. And the reason I say people is because I wasn't just friends with women. Um, I was friends with non-binary and I was friends with men and um, my relationships with people were challenging but also really beautiful at the same time. And so in high school, you're seeing this person probably eight hours a day. If you go to the same high school, you're seeing this person for probably a good eight hours of the day. You have a lot of the classes together. You see each other in the hallways. You play sports together. You do after school activities together. It is, it's beautiful, right? Because you get to see this person all the time. And whether you're in a relationship or not, you're gonna see your bestie most of the time because you're spending time with your bestie and that's just kind of like how it is in your teenage years is you're spending a lot of time with your besties and I had such wonderful relationships but I also had some like not so good relationships in high school I would say like a couple of really good friends that I had were probably like Kelly Kyla Kylie K names um Paige Audrey and Olivia and I'm trying to think those were like my my core and, and Haley so those are like my core people that I was like best friends with and there were other best friendships and the reason I didn't name them is because they were not positive relationships and I'm not speaking about negative relationships I'm speaking about positive relationships and they were such good friends to me I literally spent probably 90% of my time with one of those girls on some kind of level whether it was at school outside of school activities sports whatever it was like I was in color guard I was in I was in um FFA I was in basketball I did like after school stuff you know things like that and I spent like 90% of the time with my friends and that was beautiful it was a great time and I cannot thank those friends enough for creating a foundation of what friendship is supposed to look like um, am I still really good friends with those people not super close with those people but I still consider them friends because they were there for such a pivotal moment and they really celebrated a lot of my teenage years with me and I really am thankful for that but the difference between high school and adult friendship is that you spend 90% of your time with your high school friend because you're in the same school with each other, you play the same sports, you do the same activities, and really like during that time, you should just be hanging out with your friends, like just enjoying life and that's kind of how it is. And then adult friendships are different because you're working 30 plus hours a week, you have a family to take care of, you have yourself to take care of, you have a pet to take care of, you have responsibilities, and then like teenage years, you really don't have a lot of those responsibilities. And I think that's why people think adult relationships and adult friendships are so challenging because you have so much responsibility on your plate. Now we're gonna talk about college. So I think college is very similar to high school. But this is different for everybody. So like past 18, a lot of people have to get jobs. Like you have to get a job, you have to support yourself, you have to take care of yourself. A lot of parents are like, you're 18, goodbye, go do your own shit, okay? Um, and my parents were 
okay, you're going to college, you can support yourself and take care of yourself. And that was very challenging because I had to work all three and a half years that I worked, that I went to college. The only added benefit to me that was different than people who like have to work like multiple jobs is I did not have to work multiple jobs and then also I could work just on campus and that was enough to support me. I did have one job my freshman year outside of campus and that was very challenging to keep up with relationships. But you have more responsibilities than you do in your teenage years. So that's why I think that college is a mix of high school relationships and adulthood relationships because there's responsibilities that you have to do like in adulthood. However, you are spending more, you're spending at 90% of the time with people. You have classes together, you do activities together, you play sports together, you go to parties together, you hang out with each other. And I think even though people are in relationships in, in college, I think relationships are different in college versus different in adulthood. And the reason that I say this is because there's a little less responsibility in college relationships rather than in adulthood relationships. And so I'm talking about like an actual like your partner, that's your partner in your life kind of relationships. And I think that there is some seriousness in college that goes to relationships, but I don't think they're as serious as adulthood relationships because adulthood is like sharing an apartment together. Adulthood is sharing responsibilities for like a, a pet, a, a child, sharing bills. You know, some people are married in adulthood. Some people are just in relationships in adulthood. Some people are engaged in adulthood. Some people have children, some people do not. Some people have pets, some people do not. And there's a lot, a layer of responsibility in actual physical like partnerships, partnership relationships. There is another added level in adulthood than there is in college where it's like you're probably living in a dorm or you have a college apartment together or you have a college apartment and you guys switch off between which apartment you're gonna stay in or which dorm you're going to stay in. So aside from that, I think actual like friendships in college can be very nourishing because you're spending so much time with this person in college. You have classes, sports, activities together. Maybe you have an on-campus job with them. Maybe you have an off-campus job with them. It's so easy to like have access to your friends. Just like in high school, it's easy to have access to your friends in college. And maybe you have the same major or whatever it is, but they're so easily accessible versus like adulthood, your friendships aren't as accessible. And I think that's where people get that trip up of why they also think that adulthood relationships are challenging is because accessibility. And I know that in adulthood, like you could have roommates that are your friends, you could live in the same town as your friends, but it's just so different. Like college is different. You're figuring life out, you're nourishing your friendships, you're growing the relationships that you have with people, 
whether it's platonic or not platonic, you're growing and nourishing those relationships and you have the capacity to do that because you're all on a college campus together. And that is just the difference. I know that commuter colleges are very different and like you may have just classes with that person, but that's still easily accessible than like a job because you have that, you have that access to somebody. You still spend an hour and a half with them. You still spend an hour with them. However long class time is, you still are spending with that person. And that's accessible, easily accessible. College campuses make it easily accessible to be with your friends. And I have had beautiful college relationships. One that I really, really, really want to highlight um, personally is the relationship that I have with my friend Evan. Evan is seriously like one of the funniest, most creative people that I've ever met. And when him and I started our friendship in freshman year, I specifically remember him just being like one day like, I want to do photography. And I was like, oh my God, yes, do photography. And I was one of the first people I think he had photographed probably like one or two people before me or something, but I was around one of the first few people to be photographed by this creative legend, okay? And our friendship was so nourishing, but the reason that we were able to nourish a friendship is because we had easy access to each other. We lived in the same dorm for the first year, not the second year or third or even that half year, we did not. But the first year we got to live with each other in the same, not like literally live with each other, but live in the same dorm. And so we are able to really nourish our friendship because we had easy accessibility with each other. And it was accessible to be around him because we had classes together. If not, we had lunch together because we ate at the same dining hall, uh, all of that. The reason, that we were just so close is because we could be so close he had he didn't have to get a job he had an on-campus job he you know worked on campus for most of the years i worked on campus we had classes that were similar to each other that kind of stuff and we had kind of like the same little friend group of people that were around us where it was like not as accessible was like my last year, I moved out to an on off campus apartment. I was about 10 minutes from campus, less than that. It was literally like five minutes from campus because I was in the same town, but it was still like I was not living in the dorms. He was living in the dorms. I was about like 10 minutes away and it was less accessible to be able to have that friendship with him, but we still maintain a friendship. Now we're going to move on to like adulthood and I've had one friendship that has withstood high school and um, college and now adulthood. And that's my friend, Shy. So we have the exact same name. And we have withstood living separate towns away from each other, living <laughs> far away from each other, to living close to each other, to living far away from each other, to being, you know, distance all of that stuff like it has withstood all of the years and that's not to say like the friendship hasn't had 
like bumps and like ups and downs that's just to say like we've withstood the bumps and the ups and downs and in adulthood I think number one the most challenging part about it is accessibility to somebody and the reason is is like when you turn 18 or when you graduate from college you want to move out of your hometown you want to move to a different town you get a job in a different city you get a different different job because you have a different interest than your friends you move to a new state whatever it is you get a pet you get in a relationship and you get married or engaged and you start having children or you have children before that or you have all of these life circumstances that are different than your friends and so you the number one challenging part of it is accessibility so how easily accessible is it to be around that friend and how and and how often could you be around that friend number two i think the other challenging part about it is relationships so i would say like a good percentage of people get into a serious committed relationship in their 20s and often that leads to being engaged that leads to being married having children or any of those kinds of things maybe getting a pet together moving in together serious relationships and so i think that number two serious relationships also cause the relation the friendship that you have with the person to be challenging because technically your partner should be your best friend they can't be your only best friend but they should be your best friend and for some people they are their only best friend is their partner and they don't consider anyone else to be their best friend is literally just their partner number three i think number three what makes adult relationships so challenging adult friendships so challenging is being in different phases of your life so I'm gonna talk about your 20s and how that is a different phase of your life then rather than like you know being 18 to 20 I don't really think those are considered adult friendships in my opinion I know that you're considered a legal adult but I don't consider them adult friendships I consider adult friendships 20s and on and in your 20s you are in different phases of your life than the people you are around so for example my friend Evan is in a different phase of life than I am Evan does not have a partner Evan just finished his masters that's a fucking amazing he just finished his masters he has a different job and a different interest that's mine then we have like my friend shy she is engaged right now she is going to be getting married soon she is thinking about you know where she wants to live permanently she is thinking about you know occupation and and she has a different occupation than me then we have like some of my other friends like I have made in adulthood is like my friend Izzy. My friend Izzy is married and she has a different life than I do because she is married. I'm like 90% sure she owns her own home, which is like amazing for her. Go her, period. And then there's me. I'm in a different phase of my life than all my other friends. 
my friend Evan does not have a partner. I have a partner. Um, I have a partner. I live with my partner. My partner and I are moving to a different state. My partner and I have different occupations than my friends. Both of us do have different different occupations. My partner is still in college right now, finishing up his degree. I am not married, but they are my partner. I am not engaged, they are my partner. And so I'm in a different phase of my life than I am with other friends. And so I think that is number three, what makes friendships so challenging in adulthood is being in a different phase of your life. So I think that 20 is different than 25. I also think that like being 21 is different than being 25. And each year is different than being at each year. So because I'm almost at 25, I feel like I'm in a different phase of my life than I would say like some of my friends who were in their 20s, early 20s. I'm in a different phase of my life than those people. I also have like different, you know, the different occupation, you know, whether you're engaged or not, that is, that is also different than, than your person that you're friends with. All of those things can be very, very challenging. So that's what I think the three most challenging parts of adult friendship is, is accessibility to them. So I forgot to mention like, I have a friend named Ruthie and Ruthie is like amazing. She's like another version of me. However, Ruthie lives in Texas and I live in Indiana. And let's just talk about like the distance there. Like I have not even been able to meet with Ruthie. Like I've FaceTimed, I've called her, but I have never been able to like meet Ruthie in person because I don't have accessibility to Ruthie. I cannot just call her up and be like, let's go to lunch, girlfriend. And she's gonna be like, yes, she cannot go to lunch with me. So accessibility is different. Number two, your relationship status. That changes your friendships. And then number three, where you are in life. So that's occupation, physical place. Um, it, It could literally just be where you mentally are in life and how that can be very challenging to create relationships because of where you mentally are. And so that's what I think makes like adulthood relationships so challenging. And the, the good thing is, is that adult friendships don't have to be challenging. That adult friendships can be very rewarding and, and being friends with people that are on the same way, same wavelength as you is so rewarding and positive and happy and you can create good relationships with people even if you are not as accessible they're not as accessible you have a relationship they don't they're in a relationship you are not or they're in a different phase of your life you can have really good relationships but the only way that you're able to do that is putting in effort into those friendships. I think a lot of times we don't think about just like texting our friend up and being like, happy Sunday, I hope you have a good day. 
we may not be able to talk, but I genuinely hope that you have a great day. And, you know, instead of just thinking about texting them, maybe just text your friend. Maybe just text them and say, hey, I was thinking about you. I hope you have a good day. Do you, do you want to FaceTime later? So here are ways that you can connect with your friends. So number one is text. I know that not everyone is a texter, but number one is texting. It's just being like, hey friend, what's up? I was thinking about you. I know like my friend Izzy and I will always be like, happy Sunday, happy Friday, happy Monday, happy Tuesday. Like each day of the week, like we'll, and, and we know like which day of the week to like really text on. We'll be like, happy Monday, you know, hope that you have a really good day. I know it's the start of a new week, but hope you have a good day. And then there are other ways like FaceTiming your friends. So my friend Evan and I, we FaceTime actually often. We used to FaceTime a lot more, but now we don't as much. But like, I'll just call him up and be like, hey bitch, what's up? How are you? And <laughs> I really say, hey bitch. But that's essentially what we're saying is like, hey, what's up, bitch? How you doing? Like, I missed you. So number two is, is FaceTiming. So we've got texting, we've got FaceTiming. I know that some millennials and some people will disagree with this, but I think Snapchat is like a really good useful tool. I have like streaks with people on Snapchat, even though I don't really use Snapchat myself. I have like streaks with people where it's like happy, Monday, hope you have a good day and like, you know, I'll Snapchat them a picture of myself, my dog, or something of the day just to keep up with the day. I have like one friend who right now does like daily affirmations to people every morning and that's how she connects to people every single morning is she will send like a daily affirmation saying like, I love you, I care about you, or like some kind of topic that she'll come up with each day and it's super cool it's an easy way to connect with people so I know that like snapchat is like not everyone's favorite form of communication but I think it's really easy to just like text a picture like snap a picture put some text on it and and then go about your day just to let people know how you're doing I think the other ways to connect with people is to actually like if you can, depending on accessibility, going out with your friends and having like a coffee date, having a lunch date, just maybe like once a month, once every couple of months or something like that. Like if you can, just reaching out and being like, hey, I have a free Saturday because I know that you have free days. You're, you're not busy 24 seven. That's just not a thing. And if you wanna be stuck up your partner's ass, you can be stuck up your partner's ass, but like you can, you can peel away from your partner for like a lunch date or a coffee date. You know, you can peel away from work. You can hopefully get a babysitter or not take your child with you. And if your friend doesn't like your child being with you, then why are you even friends with them at the end of the day? Just being like, hey, let's meet up. I have coffee, I have lunch or let's have a game night, let's have a movie night. I know that like one of these girls, one of this girl I follow on TikTok, she watches like Daisy Jones and the Six with a person like, I think it's every Saturday that it comes out. So like every other Saturday or every Saturday, 
they'll come over to each other's house and they'll just watch a TV show together. So it can be like Bachelor, like you can watch Bachelorette, you can watch The Bachelor, you can watch Love, Love Island, you could watch some kind of reality, The Kardashians, I don't care, like, or, you know, like Abbott Elementary, something like that. Like you can find a TV show or a movie to watch with each other and you can do that. Like, I just don't think that you are genuinely that busy that you can't meet up with your friend at least once a month or once every couple months. At least once every couple months you should be able to meet up with your friends and maybe it's like a gym date, maybe it's a coffee date or something like that. So number one, texting, number two, FaceTime, number three, Snapchat, and number four, meeting up with that person once every couple months. Or you can, if they're not as accessible, maybe going on a vacation together with them. Like, I'm going to vacation and go to your home. Adult friendships are not as challenging as people make them out to be. I think that you just have to learn to make time with the people that you do have. I know that, like, being a mother and a father is really difficult. And I know that, like, finding time outside of being a mother and a father, especially for yourself, to then find time for friendships is really challenging and hard. But I think that like when you are doing those things, I think you're just showing your child like what it's like to have healthy relationships. And you wanna show your child healthy relationships. And so I think that you should be taking time to be with your friends. And if possible, if it's not a babysitting type of thing, then take your kid with you. And if your friend doesn't like that your kid's with you, well, maybe like don't be friends with those people. Which gets to like my other point of like being in different phases of people in your life. I think that you should be making friends with people who are in similar phases of you. I don't think that like all of your friends have to be in the same phase of life as you, but I do think that like a majority of your friends should be in the same phase as you. I know that like moms tend to stick together and dads tend to stick together and like married couples tend to stick together and relationship couples tend to stick together and single friends tend to stick together. That's because I think that you should be flocking to people who are, was it, birds flock to the same feather? I, I cannot even think of the, I can't think of the saying. Uh, but I think that you should be friends with people that are in similar phases of life with you. And the reason that I say that is because you want to be connecting with those people in meaningful ways. And one of the ways to like have that connection is if you have similar interests, similar life experiences, similarities to each other. I know that neurodivergent adults tend to st stick around neurodivergent folks. Um, it's very easy to flock to the same feather, flock to the same kind of bird as you. Like, I, I can't even think of the saying. It's so funny. I'll probably like, think of it like at the end or I'll get done recording this with my partner and I'll ask him what the, the saying is and then he'll tell me and then I'll feel like a, a big doofus over it. But I think that you should be friends with people in similar faces. So even though my friend Izzy is married, she's still in a relationship. So Izzy still understands 
that I'm in that phase of my life as I'm in the same phase of life as her uh, because we both have relationships and we understand each other and we understand like our relationship comes first like it should always go you your relationship friendships and that kind of stuff like and even if you want to put family in there it should go you like you family relationships friendships and that's kind of how the hierarchy should go should go I always think you should put yourself first but I do think that relationships go just a partnerships in general go above friendships um when you are in a relationship genuinely I think that's just because that's your life partner that's your best friend for life that's the person you've chosen to be with for the rest of your life that's how it should go and so she understands that my relationship goes first and it's not to say that like my single friends don't understand that my relationship comes first it's that my single friends don't have the same experiences as I do my single friends are not in the same phase of life as I am and they do get it and that's what makes them so great because even though we're not in you know the same phase of life like my friend Evan and I are not in the same phase of life because Evan's not in a relationship I'm in a relationship and I've been in a relationship 90% of our entire friendship so like he understands to me my relationships come first my relationships come first uh, doesn't mean that my friends are put below my partner it just means that I'm probably going to spend more time with my partner just because I live with them I'm with them 90% of the time that kind of stuff but where I think we get tricky and this is not to say like mom and dad's don't need to be friends with people who aren't mom and dads. I'm just telling you that as someone who has mom friends and dad friends, because I have friends that are dads and have friends that are moms, I don't get it. I'm childless. I do not have a child. And I don't get it. I don't get the experience. I don't understand what they're going through. It doesn't mean that, like, when they bring their child around, I'm like, oh my god, no. No, because that's not what's happening. It's that I just don't understand the phase of life that they're in. And, and I really do think that a lot of mom friends, a lot of moms should find mom friends because they understand their life. A lot of dads should find dad friends because they understand their life you should find friends that understand you and so whether that's a single person in a relationship or has a family married whatever those people will understand you the best is the people that know what you're going through they actually have the same experience i don't understand being married because i'm not married i don't understand but i understand being married more than i understand having a child I don't understand having a child because I am childless and I'm going to be childless for the next, I don't know, six years, like five, six years now, because I'm choosing to not have a child until I'm in my thirties. I'm choosing to not have the conversation about having children until my thirties because I feel like in my twenties are meant for maturing and growing myself and I feel like I'm in my selfish era right now and so I think that's why I don't understand too being a mother and being a father I don't understand being a parent at all like being a parent to me is very foreign because I am not a parent 
I have a dog. Do I treat her like my child? Yes. Is she an actual human being? No. So I do find that being friends with parents is is difficult because I don't understand what they're going through. It doesn't mean I don't try to understand. It just means that I just simply don't understand and I won't understand. I can get the basis of stuff, but I won't understand. And I do think that in adulthood, single single people have trouble being friends with married people. I think that childless people have friends have trouble being friends with child with someone with a child. And the reason that I think that that is is because when you have a child, you're putting your child's needs first and you're putting your child above other relationships and single people or childless people don't understand that because they don't have to put a child above anyone else. And that relationship is challenging because they don't get it. And it's not saying that you have to be friends with with just parents. If you're a parent, you have to be friends with parents. It's not saying that. It's that those people will never understand where you're at in life because they're not there in life in general. And I and I do think that that's where we find an issue in adulthood is we have our chronically single friend and then we have our basically married or already married friend and they don't understand each other. Like, oh my gosh, why are you out partying and on Tinder and hooking up with guys when it's like the married friend is like, why are you staying home the whole time? You know, why don't you come out? Why don't you party or anything like that? You, you act like an old couple or something like that. Like, I think that people, when they're in different phases of their life, can't understand when someone else is in a different phase of their life. And so it creates a barrier between those people because they're not in the same phase of life together. I think the same also goes for people who are like getting their masters and then people who like just got their bachelors and they're working. So like my friend Evan got his masters and I don't fully understand what my friend was going through because I wasn't getting my masters and he was still in school like he he went straight into getting his masters my friend Izzy is getting her masters like period we love educated babes um but I don't understand because I'm not in that phase of life so it's challenging for me to understand where those people are coming from because I'm not getting my masters I didn't continue my education past the bachelors which is fine I'm still an educated queen but I just don't I just don't understand because I don't have to do homework. I don't have to, you know, do a test quiz. I don't have to attend class. I don't have to reach out to professors. I don't have to reach out to an advisor, all those kinds of things. Versus like, I'm working at the university level and my job is very interesting. And those people don't get it because they don't have a job because they're working on getting their masters or you, cause there are people who get their masters and don't work. There are people who get their masters and do work. Um, like shout out to my friend Izzy for getting her master's and working at the same time. Like go you, because that's so challenging because she works full time and gets her master's and is getting a master's. And a lot of the students that I work with are also full time getting their master's, but I don't understand what phase of life they're in because I'm not in that phase of life. I feel like I'm rambling about that phase of life and, and not understanding. And I hope that you get the synopsis of at the end of the day, you are in a different phase of your life 
you aren't going to fully understand someone else's phase of life. And I do think that birds flock to the same feather. I do believe that that's not the saying, but I do believe that the people around you should understand you. And so you should be making friends with people who are in the same phase of life. Like married couples, I swear they can spot out another married couple like that. Parents can spot out another parent like that. Singles spot out another single like that. Like when you're in a phase of your life, I feel like it's so easy to spot other people who are in their phase of their life too. And you should be friends with people who are in in the same phase of your life. If they are not in the same phase of your life and they do not understand where you're coming from, maybe give yourself some distance and space from that person. If they're just not fully getting it and they're really adamant about not understanding, give yourself space and time away from that person. Do not spend time with that person. Do not feed into it, nothing. Just give space and be like, hey, I need to take some space. And this is like another thing is communication in adulthood is so different. I feel that when you're communicating in adulthood, it is so challenging because you genuinely have to be an adult. Like you can't just be a little teenager about things and be like starting drama and and all that shit and all, all the tea and all that. Like you can't be doing that in adulthood because you're an adult and you should be acting like an adult. But there are people who communicate in adulthood and don't act like adults. And that's very frustrating because communication is key. So when it comes to like adulthood relationships, I think at the end of the day, communication is the biggest thing. It's communicating like, hey, I can't come out. It's communicating like, I need space. It's communicating that like, I need time away from you. It's communicating that you appreciate the other person. It's communicating love. Whatever it is, the end of the day, the baseline is communication. And you have to act like like an adult. You are an adult, act like an adult. And a lot of people in adulthood don't want to act like adults. They want to continue living their teenage fantasy of being an issue. So, like, when talking about, like, girls, there's girls, girls, and then there's girls, boys. Girls, guys. I don't know, something like that. Girls, girls care about other girls. They are all about women empowerment. Girls, boys are on boys' side. They're on on the men's side. They're, like really mean towards girls. They aren't women empowerment, like that kind of stuff. So like there are people that exist like that who can't communicate like adults and then there are people who do communicate like adults and you should do that. You should communicate like you're an adult because you are an adult at the end of the day. Communicate like one. I cannot express that enough. Like communicate like an adult because you are an adult. And at the baseline is communication. And if you cannot effectively communicate with others, how do you expect them to want to continue creating a friendship with you? I do not want to be friends with people who can't communicate their feelings. I don't want to be friends with people who cannot communicate when they're having a challenging time. I, I cannot communicate, like you have to be able to communicate. Like I'm having a challenging time. I, I won't be as, as present in your life right now. Um, I need space from you. You made me mad. Um, I'm upset with you. You have to communicate those things with people because if not, you're just stuck in a loop of like, 
oh my gosh, are they mad at me? Are they not mad at me? I don't understand them. I don't understand. Like, you're stuck in this loop of child, of acting like you're a child, basically, at the end of the day. And who wants to be friends with someone that acts like a child, especially in the 20s, 30s, and 40s? Like, who wants to be friends with somebody that acts like a child? Because I don't. I don't want to be friends with someone that acts like a child. And if you're one of those people that can't effectively communicate their feelings to other people, I don't expect you to have a lot of friends at the end of the day. I don't, I don't expect you to have a lot of friends because nobody wants to be friends with somebody who can't communicate. <sighs> okay, that is my rant on that one. Adult friendships are not as challenging as people make them out to be. I think that at the baseline, communication is the key. And I think the way that you communicate with others can be text, it can be FaceTime, it can be a call. I guess I forgot about that. FaceTime call is the same. It can be meeting with them every couple months. It can be Snapchat. It can be liking each other's Instagram story, Instagram DMs. It can be DMing them. Uh, whatever it is, those are easy ways to communicate with people and to keep up the friendship. But you have to want to make that effort to be friends with somebody. Like you, you have to effectively realize, okay, let me think about this. You have to effectively communicate and realize that they are a presence, they are important in your life. I think you should always put yourself first, no matter what, you always come first. I do not care if you're a mother, I do not care if you are married, I do not care if you are single. You always put yourself first. I literally do not care, like parent, anything like that. You always put yourself first. But you have to also place your relationships in your, your friendships as an important. Because there's no way you can nourish adult friendships without saying like and putting precedence and importance on these people that is where you fail at at adult relationships is you don't place an importance on them it's as simple as a text that says hey i was thinking about you or happy monday or here's this meme or here's this picture it made me think of you that is how you can maintain friendships in adulthood it is as simple as just a text a snapchat liking an Instagram story. I have one friend, she's going to listen to this, but Marissa, we like each other's Instagram stories all the time. Do we text here and there? Yes, we do. Do we text all the time? No, but it's just as simple as liking each other's story. Or if I see a really good picture of a friend, I put it on my Instagram story or I retweet or I share something. And it's just simple ways like that, that can show your friend that you still care about them and you still love them. You are never too busy, and I promise this, never too busy to, to text a friend. Like, you can work all the hours in the world, and you could be killing it as a parent. You are never too busy to send a text to a person. And if you are, maybe you should lighten your load a little bit. And I'm calling you out right now. Because if you really think that you're too busy to send a freaking text to somebody, I feel bad for you. I really do. Because it is as simple as texting them once a week to check in on them. My friend Shy, um, her mom, has been 
dealing with a lot of health issues and I text her at least once a week being like, hey, what's up? How are you? How is mom doing? Just to show her that I care about her. Have I always been like that? No, but it's taken actually putting friendships as an importance in life for me to be like, okay, I'm not too busy to send a text. I'm not too busy to tell her I love her. I'm not too busy to send a card. I'm not too busy to sending a birthday card to somebody is important remembering their birthday and sending them a birthday card on their birthday or sending them a valentine's day card or sending them a christmas card literally can just show that you care about people i don't understand why we consider ourselves so busy that we can't even do something as simple as caring about people and and you don't have to do it in all five love languages you do not have to text somebody you have to send them a card you don't have to give them a hug or something like that or tell them you love them or give them a gift. Like you can do one of the affirmate or like one of the love languages and show people you care about them in your love language. Hey, you have a mom friend, you have a dad friend, parent friend, because I want to say parent. You have a parent friend and your love language is uh Oh, let me think about this one. Your love language is quality time. Going over and spending time with them and their kid, that shows you love them. That shows you care about them. Your love language is gift giving. Send your friend a birthday card and, and put a gift card in there. You don't have to do it for all friends. I do, I do it for my friends. I send birthday cards for my friends. That is something I've started in the last two years is sending birthday cards to my friends and sending cards with them, cards to them periodically. And to the people I love, I send them birthday cards and cards I love periodically. It is texting them and saying, look at the silly dog that I saw. It made me think of you because I know how much you love dogs. It is telling them that you love them. It is doing a chore for them. I can't even tell you how many parent friends would love if you came over and just cleaned their house for them. Like, if your love language is like, oh, quality time or gift giving, oh my gosh, go clean your parent friend's house. Go babysit for them for a night. You are never too busy to show people that you love them. And there are a lot of ways to show people that you love them. It's a birthday card, it's a text, it's going over and watching a movie with them. It is telling them that you love them. It is giving them a hug, you know? I, I can't think of the last time because I'm not a physical touch person that I genuinely gave one of my friends a hug. But do I text my friends because I love words of affirmation and I love quality time and I love, so there's gift giving, there's quality time, there's physical touch, words of affirmation, and then there's one more, but I cannot ever think of it. Ah, that is so challenging to me. I can't like Google this because I'm afraid that it won't keep recording um okay love languages let's google this really quick 
the five love languages. Uh, acts of service. Oh my gosh. I am an acts of service person. I genuinely am an acts of service person. Like, that's the last one. Okay. Acts of service. Doing something for your friend. Getting them flowers. Um, you know, doing something for them. Lighten their load. Do a chore. Take out their dog. Give them clothes. You know, I give my friends clothes because I donate my clothes. Like, there are so many ways to show that you love somebody and you have to use the five love languages and you have to care about your friends. You really do. How to make adult friendships. That one is kind of challenging too. So let's, let's get into that one. Like, how do you make adult friendships? I think that number one, Bumble BFF. <laughs> Bumble BFF. Okay, yes. Bumble BFF. Social media. So don't get into parasocial relationships because I have too many parasocial relationships. But social media is a powerful tool. Bumble BFF. That's social media. Um, if you see somebody on the side of the street and you're walking near them and you see that they have a cool outfit, go up to them. I like your outfit. You have to put yourself out there in order to actually make friendships. I know, I know my besties don't want to hear that. I know, I know, I know, I know, okay? But you have to put yourself out there in order to make friendships. I have made friendships with people through social media. I have made friendships with people, especially through TikTok. I made friendships with people because I saw somebody with a cool outfit on and I told them I liked your outfit. A lot of my friendships come from college. A lot of my friendships come from social media. But it hasn't, it's not like I haven't gone out to a coffee shop and be like, oh my God, your overalls look really cute. Like the other day I was at the mall and a girl complimented me on my overalls and I was like, thank you. Like, do you want to be friends? <laughs> like we have the same style. Let's be friends. You're reading the same book. Let's be friends. You have the same dog as me. Let's go on a doggy play date. But besties, I know you don't want to hear, but you got to put yourself out there and that's how you make adult friendships. Putting yourself out there. It's DMing somebody and being like, hey girl, hey guy, hey pal, for all my non-binary friends. Hey pal, you wanna go on a coffee excursion? You wanna meet for coffee one day? My friend Izzy and I made a friendship because like we have been following each other with Stim College and everything, but my friend Izzy and I made a friendship by like being like, hey, you want to go for coffee? And that's how we made our friendship. That is how we made a friendship. But it's like really putting yourself out there and how you make adult friendships is putting yourself out there and, and not being afraid of doing that. And you could be afraid of it, but like not being afraid so you do it, okay? Like you have to do it. Like meet someone at a wedding. I really liked your outfit. Would you like would you like to be friends? I thought you had a cool vibe. Would you like to be friends? You got sent next to somebody. You're on the train. Whatever it is, like, use these opportunities where you're around people and you notice, like, and in your head you're thinking, that's a cool, dope outfit. Say it out loud to the person. Dude, that's a cool, dope outfit. Pal, that's a that's a cool, dope outfit. Say it to the person. And, like, I know we're all thinking it. We're all like, wow, that's a really cool person. And I wish I could be friends with him. Well, you could be friends with them. Go talk to them. 
And I know rejection hurts, okay? Because there are some Hailey Bieber's in our life, okay? We know that. We know Hailey Bieber's exist. But, like, there's nothing wrong with just putting yourself out there and, and DMing somebody, saying something out loud to somebody, uh, using Bumble BFF. There is no shame in using Bumble BFF at all. There is no shame in the game, okay? Like, utilize those. I'm going to be moving to a whole different state soon, and I have already started collecting friends through social media. I've already started collecting Florida friends, but I know that, like, I know I'm working from home. I'm going to have a lot of trouble making friends, but I'm going to go to the grocery store or the mall, and I'm going to see someone with a cool outfit, and I'm going to tell them, and I'm going to say, I like your outfit. I'm new here. Would you like to be friends? Would you like to go for coffee? Would you like to go for dinner? Would you like to go for lunch? Would you like to go laser tagging? I don't care what you do. Ask somebody to do that. You like besties. I, I can't tell you enough, but you have to ask people to do stuff. You can't expect to make friends if you're not putting yourself out there. I hope that one day someone walks up to you and says, you have a cool outfit and you go, great. Do you want to be friends? Like I hope besties for you one day that somebody comes up to you and is like, you have a cool outfit. Do you want to be friends? And, like, don't be afraid to do things alone. Uh, it is okay to go to the bar alone. It's okay to... I said, why is the first thing I say the bar? It's okay to go to restaurants, the library, wherever. It's okay to go alone and, like, challenge yourself a little bit. Break out of that mold a little bit and, and do stuff alone. And you might meet the greatest people. There have been so many times I went to parties alone and I met great people. There are so many times I went to the bar alone and I met great people. I went out to the mall and I met great people. Like, you can do it. I distinctly remember there was like, I used to go to this retail store. The person and I are not friends anymore, but we did make a friendship because I was like, oh my god, like this this person is so dope. I like their out, I like their style, I like their outfit, whatever. And I made friends with somebody that had checked me out, like at at a store. And I made friends with them and, and we became friends and stuff. Like, it's not challenging or hard, I promise you, to actually put yourself out there. Um, the more challenging and hard part is, like, rejection. But you have to. You have to put yourself out there in order to make adult friendships. Uh, I think that's kind of what people wanted to hear. Maintaining adult friendships and then how to, how to make adult friendships. I know that I didn't tell you all what you wanted to hear. Uh, but what you needed to hear is you have to put yourself out there in order to make friendships. I know that, that was not what everyone wanted to hear, but you have to. I have talked for like an hour. Oh my gosh, my voice is exhausted. I'm exhausted. I, I am tired now and I'm going to go make dinner. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and let me know what else you'd like to see. I have a couple ideas in the old noggin and I just love when people give me ideas of what to talk about because I, I can talk about pretty much anything and I love when people tell me to talk like oh I love talking but since I've talked for an hour and you this is like one of the longest episodes I'm done talking I hope that you have a great day I hope you have a great week I love a good Sunday reset do a little Sunday reset for me whatever it is uh enjoy your Sunday. Don't let the Sunday scaries get to you. And I look forward to hearing commentary on this podcast and 
just remember if you're a hater and you still listen to this podcast, thank you for bumping my views. I appreciate it. All right. You have a great rest of your weekend. I'll see you again in two weeks. Bye-bye, friend. Oh my God, I forgot to finish this. I cannot say goodbye. First, what am I drinking? Lastly, let's talk about what am I drinking. So here lately, I've been drinking the oat milk cinnamon roll creamer in my Nespresso pod. So it's the Columbia Nespresso pod with oat milk creamer. Oh, it's delicious. I did make a banana syrup the other day and it was really, really good, but it was really hard to make. So do not suggest making banana syrup. But anyways, I have been drinking a latte, oat milk creamer, just an oat milk latte with a cinnamon roll creamer. And it's so good. Oh, I love it. Okay. That's all I have today, besties. Bye. Until next time.